Welcome in to A to Z Sports Powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Jack Gentry in for Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us all over social media, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch. We are Nashville's on and sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for our show, for our business, and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Man, do the pulse of fitness where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is free. Uh, Calvin and Subtle, for your brand-new hardwood floors and finishings, head to calvinandsubtle.com. Wilson County Hyundai, if you want a new car, head to wilsoncountyhyundai.com in Lebanon. And the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So, uh, Jack. Uh, you, the host of the Tighten Up podcast, and you get your boy Austin Huff back next week after Luke Warsham has done a great job the last couple of months yes. filling in for Huff. So that's exciting. But what has this week been like uh, for you as you know the Tighten Up Pod fanboy podcast host? Fanboy podcast. Seeing a Hall of Fame wide receiver Julio Jones join the Tennessee Titans. Well, it's been awesome. The Titans haven't really made a move like this ever. Uh, in when when they have the core of you know Derrick Henry and a young stud and AJ Brown, Ryan Tannehill, who has played out of his mind the last two seasons, John Robinson in his front office I think has realized you know this you know Super Bowl windows don't stay open all that long, and to see them go out and make a huge splash, a big trade like this, and we talked on the podcast whether it was the biggest trade um, in Titans history. Obviously the Tannehill deal was magnificent as well, but man, it's been awesome. I. I discussed this with Luke. I said, you know, there was a point last week where I felt like, you know, I was almost expecting Julio Jones to, you know, this trade to go down, which is a dangerous place for me and most Titans fans because, uh, you know, you don't really want to ever count on the Titans to make a big move like this. It's, it's kind of unprecedented in that in that sense. So, but that's where I was. And if he, you know, if Julio Jones landed elsewhere, especially at an AFC rival, mm-hmm. I would have been, I would have been absolutely crushed. Just completely devastated, but he's a Titan and that elevates this Titans offense. Not only the Titans offense, but let's, let's get real. This, this puts the Titans firmly into the Super Bowl conversation. So I couldn't be more happier. We get Austin Huff back on the Titan up pod this week. We're going to talk all about it. I'm really excited. Um, But yeah, that's kind of where I stand right now. Just pretty pumped up to have Julio here. Yeah, I feel like Huff is going to be foaming at the mouth because he hasn't oh been able God. to erupt with Titans uh, takes and opinions over the last couple of weeks with his new job. But that'll be fun next Wednesday with the Titan Up podcast. Now, I, I do see some comments rolling in. Sean says they attempted this with Moss and it failed. But that's not the same thing. Like, Randy Moss was so beyond his actual prime by the time he uh, landed in Nashville. Like, that was his third team that season and I was in college when that happened everybody was excited get your 84 jerseys out Randy Moss you know all that uh all that hype about what Randy Moss was going to bring that Titans team was bad this is just completely different there and some people might say they tried it uh with Andre Johnson but again he was on his third team he had fallen off a cliff Julio Jones is different last year he only played nine games because of the injury we understand uh that but uh, he also is coming off a six consecutive 1,000-yard uh, seasons before last year. And so you feel a lot more confident with Julio Jones compared to what you saw in Nashville with Randy Moss and with Andre Johnson. And 
Andre Johnson and Randy Moss did not have a guy like AJ Brown next to him. And I think that is what, what gets everybody fired up is we've talked about this is, you know, how do you guard this defense or this offense? How do you defend these guys? If AJ's on the left, Julio's on the right, Derek Henry is in the backfield, 2000 yard rusher. And I, I, I feel like it's a tough thing for defenses to cheat on one side or stack the box to stop Henry. You get burnt over the top. But now, Jack, you wrote at itisesportsnational.com about the top five wide receiver duos in the NFL and where this Julio-AJ combo is. How do you feel about this discussion? Well, you know, you're right. I did write about it. And it's it's not hard to judge, but I, we're going off what's happened recently and, and kind of where these wide receivers have been you know, in, in the last couple of years in the NFL because – when you're ranking the top five duos, you need consistency. Uh, you you need guys who've been there and done that for a few years. Um, and and that's finally where we are with A.J. Brown. We have a good gauge on where he is, you know, just amongst the league's best. Um, so if you, do you want me to get into where I have them now? I'll start at number five. How about I yeah, start, start at, at number five? five? Let's go through basically your article. I want to hear your thought process on, on where you landed with these guys. But, yeah, start at five. All right, we're going to start at five. And uh, let me be the first to say honorable mention goes out to the Rams. Uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, that's a great duo. Not top five. But um, number five for me is Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry up in Cleveland. These guys haven't really been the same since they arrived in Cleveland in 2019. When they got there in the first season uh, in Cleveland for both of these guys, they both hit 1,000 yards. And that 1,000-yard benchmark is so important when grading and really judging the success of a wide receiver season. Um, so they did that in 2019, but last season there was a bit of a drop. And, you know, Jarvis Landry in Miami was a guy who caught tons of balls, led the league in catches in, the, in a season, and uh, he really hasn't been the same up there. They don't they don't target him as much as I'm sure he would like. Um, so, so that doesn't go – that doesn't play in his favor. And Odell Beckham Jr., he's got some of the best hands in the league. We all know that. But he's coming off a torn ACL. How how healthy is he going to be now? Um, and Baker Mayfield doesn't do these guys really any favors. When you look down the list of these top five duos, they've all got a really good quarterback. Um, I'm not comfortable. You think putting... Baker Mayfield's probably the worst quarterback on the list in top five? Um, yeah, I I think so. I would have to say so. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'm comfortable saying that Baker Mayfield is the worst of these five. All right, so who's um, four? Four is Minnesota. They've got Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. Titans fans are very familiar with Justin Jefferson after what he did against them uh, last season. But, you know, Thielen's an eight-year vet, and he, he didn't – you know, the yards weren't there for him last year, but he had 14 touchdowns. Mm -hmm. and, and, and Justin Jefferson is – he's in that conversation with A.J. Brown, D.K. Metcalf, best wide receiver under 25 years old. Um, would have had the the AP Offensive Rookie of the Year award last year if it wasn't for Justin Herbert. Uh, All-time rookie receiving record in his first season, 1,400 yards, seven touchdowns, um, eighth amongst the, you know wide receivers in the NFL in yards after catch. I, I don't like doing this because he's only played one season, but damn. I mean, if that's a sign of things to come, four may be too low on this list. 
Okay, so who's three? Because I and I agree with Rob. Baker Mayfield's better than Kirk Cousins, but you think uh, that's, so? That's, yeah, that's not the conversation we're here to have today. But yes, yeah. I, I do think because we mentioned and I didn't know who four was as quarterback. Uh, but yeah, Baker Mayfield. I will take Baker over Kirk Cousins. I think Kirk Cousins has uh, hit the plateau a little bit. But all right, who's number three on your on your list at itisesportsnashville.com? Number three, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett out in Seattle. Yeah. Uh, two great deep threats, probably the best deep threat duo in football. Um, but the problem is with these guys, they're a little inconsistent. Uh, DK Metcalf, the last five games of the season averaged just over 50 yards a game. And Tyler Lockett last year, he had games where he he would d- disappear completely. Only two times he eclipsed 100 yards. And five times, there were five games last year where he had 40 yards or less. So I need to see more consistency out of that duo right now. DK Metcalf. Um, you know, 900 yards in year one, 1300 last season, an excellent season last season. Um, with Russell Wilson, he he's going to be able to you know continue to see a lot of balls, uh, rack up the yards, the touchdowns as well. But for me right now, that duo just because they disappear on some Sundays, I've got them at three. All right, so you've got your top, your five through through three. So you went with the, the Cleveland duo of Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. And then you got Jefferson and Thielen in Minnesota, uh, DK and uh, Lockett in Seattle. So you're down to your top two. So this, I think, is a good stopping point. Uh, does Jack have the Titans, Julio and AJ, number one or number two? And then what do you guys think? Let's uh, let's get to this. Let's get to and ask you guys this question, and we'll get Jack's final answer a- after this in a second. Where do you rank Julio Jones and AJ Brown as wide receiver duos in the NFL? Where do you rank them? We'll get to your comments here in a second. But first, let me tell you about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com. They are the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. There are so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's creating extra cash flows for you and your family by renting out your property instead of selling it. Uh, Or maybe you uh, are looking to rent out a new property for yourself. Maybe your son or daughter who just graduated from high school or college needs a place to rent. Renterswarehouse.com has all the great inventory right there, again, across the mid-state at renterswarehouse.com. Bet MGM, the king of sportsbooks. I love love doing this ad read. Promo code (laughs) A to Z sports, A-T-O-Z sports. Uh, You plug that in at Bet MGM when you sign up. You're going to get a risk-free bet up to $600, and you can use that $600 any way you choose to. They've got tons of stuff to bet on. Uh, they, they've got great promotions, in, including in, innovative parlays, boosted odd specials, tons of game props. I'm telling you guys, the selection here is unmatched. Tons of game props. Go to betmgm.com. Plug in A to Z Sports. That's your promo code. Use code A to Z Sports, and you'll receive a risk-free bet. Up to $600. That's a big chunk of change, guys. Yes, it is. Yes. Risk, risk-free bets are uh, fantastic. <laughs> All right, Jack. Uh, so we've gotten through your list. You've gone through five, which is the Cleveland guys. Four was the Minnesota duo. And three was uh, DK and lock it out in Seattle. And then we're asking all you guys, where do AJ and Julio rank in the top five wide receiver duos? So before we get to the comment section, Jack, how do you finish out your top two? Number two, I've got A.J. Brown and Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. They, they, they finished second for me, and that's not a knock on them. They're a fantastic duo. I, just, I don't think it should be a knock, but um, you know, I'm not, I'm not hating on the duo. Julio Jones is on the wrong side of 30. He's 32 years old. 
But uh, I think a lot of people, you know, we saw the Randy Moss comment. A lot of people are kind of selling this guy a little short. Prior to last season, and he had he had nagging hamstring issues last season. But before that, six straight seasons of 1,300 yards or more. I mean, that, that's otherworldly. Uh, so I, I don't believe that he's on the tail end of his career like some of these people do. I think he's on the tail end of his prime, but not the tail end of his career like Landy, Randy Moss was when he right. he came to town. Uh, so, so, you know, and Julio Jones, the big, the big thing about him, he hasn't been able to find the end zone a lot. Um, in his career, at least not as much as he probably is expected to with all the attention he gets from his quarterback and Matt Ryan. I think that could change being in the Titans red zone offense, which is incredible. Mm -hmm. Um, AJ Brown, two years in the league, back to back thousand yard seasons. Uh, in last season, we can't forget he was battling knee issues very early on in the season. He had to get procedures done on his knees in the off season. AJ Brown, 11 touchdowns, one short of the franchise record, uh, which is 12 set by Derek Mason. I so, thought Drew Bennett, Drew, Drew, Bennett. Bennett, Drew Bennett had 12 back when uh, him and Billy Volick just, just tossed it around the yard. Th yeah, that, that was, I think, in 04, uh, Billy Volick and Drew Bennett did that. And yeah. that was there was like a stretch of three games where he was playing out of his mind. Oh, yeah. Um, but so, so yeah, A.J. Brown, you know, I in my opinion, the best wide receiver under 25 years old. He gets it done, you, you know, short, intermediate, deep, run after catch. He's difficult to bring down. He's athletic as hell. Um, in, I think he's only going to benefit from having a guy like Julio Jones across from him because now the safeties and the defensive coordinators across the league are freaking out. Okay. You know, how are we going to play the Titans? Are we going to play a cover two with two safeties back? Are we going to bring one up? Right. Because, because we're worried about Derrick Henry. Um, and it's, it's going to be awesome to see, you know, how the Titans choose to kill each opponent offensively week in and week out this season. I've got the Titans at two. Um, but you know, it's, it's tough. It's, it's a one, a one B for me. All right. So let's, so the Titans are two behind Goblin and Evans. So I'm going to go ahead and read some comments. We're asking you guys, uh, where do AJ and Julio rank in the NFL's top five wide receiver duos? Uh, so Charles says Tennessee's three, uh, which I think, you know, that's behind where Jack has them. Louis says he's going one Titans, two Bucks, three Minnesota, four Rams, and five Detroit. I don't know who you think is still in Detroit, <laughs> Louis. Khalif Raymond? All, they've all left Detroit. Steven on YouTube says first place, no doubt. Uh, Chris Stress asked Jack who was the honorable mention. That was the uh, Rams, right, with Woods and, and uh, Cup? Rams with Woods and Cup. My second honorable mention would probably be the Panthers, but I need to see more out of those guys. The Panthers? What was the stat you told me this morning? About the Panthers? Yeah, so there were three teams in the NFL who had multiple guys over 1,000 yards receiving. Last that was year. The, the, last year. That was Kansas City and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, no surprise. Then you had Seattle, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett both eclipsed that number. And then Carolina was the third team, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Kind of surprising, but the, you know those are guys who really haven't had quarterbacks you know, in, in the NFL. So we'll see what Sam Darnold can do there and Matt Rule's offense. But yeah, that's an interesting stat that I that really yeah. surprised me. Yeah, nobody's thinking, oh, the Panthers just throwing up a bunch of numbers with Teddy Two Gloves. All right, Trevor <laughs> says one. Donald says uh, one because he would have Ed, uh, he would have Evans and Goblin number one. Uh, Ronnie said, I like the fact that that Jack had Thielen and Jefferson pretty high up. Uh, yeah, Lane's reminding me to not be uh, selective with my comments here. Foster Tate says the Titans are number one. Number uno. Rob says number one on paper. Uh, G-Man bringing up uh, the Chase and T. Higgins uh, duo in Cincinnati. Just too young right now. 
Matthew thinks the Titans are second, Bucks number one, or vice versa. Boyd says second. Uh, so I, I kind of feel like Jack, like when you look at the Bucks, Mike Evans is undoubtedly insanely good at playing wide receiver. I mean, the guy has literally been productive every single year since he came out of uh, Texas A&M back in the day, which I don't know if he and Josh Reynolds crossed paths there or not, but Mike uh, Evans has never had less than a thousand yards in a season. And 1,006 this past year with Tom Brady was the second lowest compared to a few years ago when he had 1,001 in a season. He has 61 touchdowns over the seven seasons he's played in the NFL. And the question here is like, is Chris Godwin? Because if you look at Chris Godwin, Chris Godwin two seasons ago with Jameis Winston throwing for 30 touchdowns and 30 picks, just throwing the ball 45 times a game, he had 1,300 yards on 121 targets and nine touchdowns. Like Other than that, Chris Godwin's he's really good. I like Chris Godwin's, but he's had 840, 842 in his rookie year. He had 525. So, uh, like, is, is Mike Evans so good that he brings Chris Godwin up? Because that one year for Godwin was insane. But I kind of feel like, like I would take AJ and Julio over Chris Godwin. Now, if you talk about like who would you take, Mike Evans, AJ, or Julio, I think that's a really good conversation. I think AJ's only battle there is how how he's young. But mm. you know, I think you would probably take Mike Evans first. But I could kind of argue the Titans should be number one because I like both the Titans guys better than Godwin. But Mike Evans is a, is an absolute freak. Now, the difference here is is the offense that they play in. Yes. Is if if Jameis was still in Tampa, would we feel this strongly about the Evans Goblin duo, or how much does Tom Brady really impact our opinions on this versus Tannehill uh, and the Derrick Henry led offense in Nashville, where they're not going to get as much opportunity as Evans and Godwin will uh, in Tampa? That that's kind of how I think. I think this is a lot closer. Um, for the Titans having the best wide receiver duo because of Godwin not being as strong as AJ or Julio singularly. That's fine. And that's a fair argument. I, you know, uh, like I said, it's one, a one B there's really no wrong answer, but I'm going to, I just give the edge to Tampa Bay. I think Mike Evans is the best of all four. He's arguably the best one-on-one -on -one red zone receiver in the league. I mean, you could, you could, you could have a, you could make a case for Deandre Hopkins. But, uh, you know, Mike Evans in jump ball scenarios, I don't, there's really not many people better. And Tom Brady. Well, Julio might be one of the people that even has a, a chance in that discussion. Yeah. Because but, of how I mean, big he is. The, Mike the, Evans is just so good at yeah. jump ball. The touchdown numbers for Julio aren't as high as, as, as what, you, what you'll see from Evans. But, yeah, it, it's a fair argument. I, I, I think Tom Brady, he's, he's been a guy throughout his career who's really spread the ball out. Um, so there's a lot of mouths to feed in Tampa. You, you have Gronk. He uses the tight ends very well. Um, Scotty Miller got involved in the action. It's, it's typical Tom Brady stuff, just spreading it, out, spreading it out. So the numbers for Evans and Godwin may be a little watered down because of that. Um, also, I, you know, I, I think if you put Tannehill in Tampa Bay with those two, I think their numbers are higher. Tannehill's a, you know more accurate with his deep ball. He's not 43. Uh, so so you know he plays to. He plays two wide receiver strengths more so than Tom Brady does. Tom Brady is perfect in that system. 
uh, and that's what you hear, Sis Tom. But uh, it, th- those two guys are, are really good. Uh, Mike Evans, since 2014, since he came into the league, you mentioned it, a thousand yards, a thousand yards plus every single season. That's hard to beat. And you know, I still need to see what Julio Jones looks like after this hamstring deal last year. Yeah, and Godwin um, missed four games last year too. So exactly. Godwin was probably on pace to have a you know back-to-back thousand-yard years if he did not miss four games. But hey, yeah. AJ missed two games last year and still surpassed one thousand yards. So AJ Brown has done something that Chris Godwin has not, and that's multiple thousand-yard seasons and them being back-to-back too. So <clears throat> I think it's hard to disagree. It's hard to move Mike Evans and Godwin off of this list. But A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, I think this year, it's something to watch. I think if we're having this conversation in November or December, A.J. and Julio have a great shot here. The stats are never going to show it. And that's the hard thing to talk about Titans wide receivers when they have whoever it is. Eddie George, Chris Johnson, DeMarco Murray, or Derrick Henry. It doesn't matter who the running back is. Hell, even Chris Brown. Like they have running backs that produce that take away from their wide receiver production. And so it's never going to stack up in fantasy football land, but I don't care about fantasy football land, but I I think AJ and Julio are better. If I were to rank these four, I would probably go like entering the 2021 season to rank these four wide receivers. I would go Mike Evans, one AJ Brown, two Julio Jones, three Chris Goblin, four. That's how I would feel. Completely agree with you. I completely agree with you there. I, you know, to me, I just need to see what 32 year old Julio Jones looks like coming off a hamstring issue. I don't think it's going to be some big setback. I, you know, I don't think he's washed by any means. I think he's still very much, you know, a, a guy. I, I'm putting 1150 on Julio this year. I think Julio Jones, it's very reasonable to believe that he can go over 1100 yards receiving. Um, so, so I have high hopes for Julio, and I think Tannehill, uh, for wide receivers, is the better quarterback between the two if you're looking at strictly numbers. So that's kind of where I stand on that. And I'm fine. I'm fine if you have Julio and AJ number one um, because it really is splitting hairs between the two. I don't yet. Uh, like it's not, I, I don't think it's the right time to do this yet because Godwin had a better year than Julio last year. AJ, you could say, had a better year than Mike Evans uh, last year. But I, I still think Mike Evans has the track record to be number one and to carry that duo. But I, I do think we see the shift, you know, mid, mid-season this upcoming year. So I, I did read yeah, what's up? Donald Reed, great, great comment here. Who knows what would happen in Tampa Bay if they had Derrick Henry getting 300 touches a season? But that again, takes away from a lot of these guys' numbers as well. I don't like. I, I know stats are important, right? Like you have to hit your benchmark stats to be relevant in this yep. type of conversation. Yeah. But again, like I, I love looking beyond the just the numbers, right? It's not about you know because again, like. Chris Godwin had 1,333 yards two years ago on 121 targets in only 14 games because Jameis Winston was throwing them out of games and then having to throw them back in the game. Yeah. So like, those stats are misleading. Like it, It's absolutely nuts of what Jameis did two seasons ago because 1,300-plus yards – for Chris Godwin in 14 games. Then you look at Mike Evans playing 13 games and having 1150. 
it's it just Jameis was such an outlier of numbers. Impossible to grade ago. with Jameis Winston as your quarterback. Just completely impossible. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, let's, let's do this because I did see some comments and I want to see if I can find the specific one about this because it, it, will, it perfectly leads us into where we were going to go. Bobby says, are we not including the Chiefs here? Tight ends are pass catchers too. Bobby, you're right. Tight ends are pass catchers. But if you look at the question we posed, uh, it was not about pass catchers. It was about wide receiver duos. But we did have this ready to talk about. So here's the next question. How do Julio and AJ stack up next to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Because this, um, you know, I'm just curious to see how we take it. How do Julio Jones uh, and... Uh, A.J. Brown stack up next to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. But first, let me tell you guys about our great friends out in Lebanon. That is Wilson County Hyundai and WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Head to Lebanon, Alf I-40, exit 236. It's a great drive out there, beautiful drive out to Lebanon. Every time we go, to see Payne Bone and the folks at Wilson County Hyundai. It's a weird time in the car industry right now, but here's one place you can trust and that is Wilson County Hyundai. They still have a fantastic inventory when others around the mid-state and the country do not have great inventory. Wilson County Hyundai does. They will also be able to help you out with the Hyundai Palisade. They're the uh, state leader in Hyundai Palisades, which is the brand new Hyundai brand of three third-row SUV, large SUV. It's badass. It's sleek. Right there, you can find it at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Bet MGM, ton of stuff going on in the sports world right now. We're in the playoffs in NBA and NHL. MLB's in full go. Uh, College World Series, that, uh, the, the Super Regionals start tomorrow. College World Series just a week away. We're all excited about that. Tennessee and Vandy both involved there. You can bet on all of this at Bet MGM. Use promo code A to Z Sports to sign up. You'll get a risk free $600 bet. Uh, the selection, I mentioned it last week, it's incredible. Uh, you can find anything you want from you know, Chinese basketball to, uh, you know, NBA basketball. They've got, they've got it all. They really do. Yeah. Um, it's an awesome website or it's awesome. It's an awesome sports book. Um, one of my favorites that I use, I have an account there. You guys should make one too, but you have to use promo code a to Z sports, a T O Z sports. That'll get you a risk-free bet up to $600. Go ahead and make an account after the show. Don't wait any longer. Once we're done here, download the bet MGM app today. Use promo code A to Z Sports to sign up. All right, so here's the next question. How do Julio and AJ stack up next to Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? Because I do think, Jack, if those two guys and tight ends are included in the in the top pass-catching duos, and, uh, they have to be the highest, right? They have to be number one because of the speed and dynamic ability of Tyreek Hill and then of the dominance just all over the field whether it's at the first yard line sticks uh, in the end zone, in the red zone, down the field, Travis Kelsey can literally do it all. So how do Julio and AJ stack up to Kelsey and Hill in your mind? Well, this is tough. This is a lot tougher than, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Travis Kelsey is probably the best receiving tight end, or at least is on pace to be the best receiving tight end in the NFL's history. Uh, the guy's a freak and a lot of you, you could argue, you know, Mahomes makes things, you know, he benefits from Mahomes more so than than really um, anybody else. But, yeah, Tyreek Hill, everyone and it. You know how much of an impact Tyreek Hill has on the Chiefs and really the NFL in general. 
Because look at the draft every season. Who are they? Who are NFL teams? All thirty-two NFL teams. Who are they looking to find a replica of? It's Tyreek Hill. Uh, we, we saw this season. You know how deep the draft class was. Everybody wanted one of those smaller guys with with quick twitch uh, instincts and stuff. Um, because they see Tyreek Hill tearing up the league. He's in. He, he Mahomes is awesome. Mahomes is incredibly talented. But man, does having Tyreek Hill help? Well, they're perfect together, right? Exactly. Like, Pat Mahomes has the arm talent to let Tyreek Hill thrive. Like, Tyreek Hill, as fast as he is, he can run under any ball that Mahomes just lays out there for him, and Mahomes has the arm strength to out-throw everybody else so Tyreek Hill can outrun everybody else. So, you know, it's – Gene says AJ and Julio are better. Kelsey and Hill have the X factor at quarterback. Ooh, perfect. Let's talk about this. Okay. Let's, let's, let's approach this like we just did the Titans and Buccaneers discussion. Let's power rank the four four players here and and, and go from there because right. I think I, th- I think you have to have probably Tyreek Hill number one. Mm, I you don't think Kelsey. I think Kelsey's number one. Tight end, yeah. Because Travis Kelsey is unguardable. Like he's like you saw that. Like the only bet that I actually really felt confident about in the Super Bowl was Travis Kelsey over seven and a half receptions. And he did that early in the third quarter. But like I look at like it's it's how can you defend Travis Kelsey? And there there is no easy like answer no. to that question. You just have to have a, a dude like Devin White. And how many people have a guy like Devin White? Not just, the Titans. Just one. Like there's mm-hmm. one Devin White. <laughs> Like and like Luke Keekley was that type of player too, and they don't come around that often. So I, I don't really know if anybody, if if I can ask any NFL defensive mind, what's the best way to guard or how do you shut down Travis Kelsey? Like they're not going to have uh, an answer. They're just going to say, well, you you kind of got to get lucky <laughs> and you got a pass rush, right? Like the only way is is to affect Mahomes and have both starting tackles out for the Chiefs. That's the only way to stop Travis Kelsey, and it doesn't even involve Travis Kelsey. So that's why I have Kelsey first. That's fair. Look at the Titans game against the Chiefs in the playoffs. That first game, the two teams met in the playoffs with Mariota at quarterback. The only reason the Titans were in it late was because Travis Kelsey got knocked out and couldn't play. If if that doesn't happen, you know, and that game was very fluky because Mariota threw a touchdown pass to himself. You can all all thank your boy Jonathan Cyprian, right? Oh, that's a good remember. Good dude. Sip squad's a really good guy. Uh, Lee Hobb corrects me. Levante David is who defended Kelsey, not Devin White. So the Bucs just have two freak of natures at at inside linebackers that, that don't just come around that often. But uh, I put Kelsey number one. Now, uh, BMO, uh, who's, who knows a lot of football stuff, he says he says Kelsey one, Julio two, AJ three, and Tyreek Hill fourth. Like, I was kind of along the same lines as BMO of putting Tyreek Hill last. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I, he, he just – he has the speed and the quickness, right? Like, but – I think Mahomes makes Tyreek Hill what he is. Without Mahomes, I don't know how consistently good Tyreek Hill can be. I'm going to get some flack for saying this, I believe. But but these are all four elite wide receivers or pass catchers with Kelsey included. Yeah. Um, I'm going Travis Kelsey, A.J. Brown, Tyreek Hill, Julio Jones. And that's Julio's 32. It has a lot to do with that. Right. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill doesn't have a ton of injury history. 
Um, Julio doesn't either, but it's it's just you know kind of recently, you know, as he gets older, how will his body hand, uh, hold up? But there's no, it's tough because these are all four great receivers. But if you had to, if I had to pick, I'm going with the Chiefs here. The, the tight end position, if you have a tight end who can do that, a guy as big as Kelsey is, the defenses have to be aware of. I mean, he's their Derrick Henry in a different sense. Mm-hmm. He's their unicorn. No one else in the league has a Derrick Henry. No one else in the league has a Travis Kelsey. And George Kittle is getting some love on the uh, on the comment section. But like George Kittle hasn't been able to stay healthy. I think George Kittle is a way better blocker than Travis Kelsey. But when, you, when you're talking about uh, just being able to line up and stop somebody one-on-one with, with a route tree, I think Travis Kelsey's the guy. I agree with you. I, I think I think we're both in agreement here. But um, yeah, in terms of pass catching duos, that has to be number one in the NFL. They've proven it. Um, they've got a quarterback who's not going to quit. Uh, you know that that guy's going to be around for. You, you saw what they signed him for ten years. Um, and and Kelsey and Hill will probably stay there as long as they can, just because that's the best situation you could possibly be in for a pass catcher in the NFL. Yeah. And so uh, somebody brought up that, um, uh, yeah. So Tyreek Hill, Bobby says with Alex Smith, Tyreek Hill had 1200 yards and seven touchdowns with Mahomes. Uh, Tyreek averages roughly 313 touchdowns. So I've got it pulled up. Uh, Tyreek Hill had uh, in his second year in the league, which was Alex Smith's last year, the year that uh, he started over rookie Mahomes. He had 11, 1,183 yards, so right under 1,200 with seven touchdowns on 105 targets. That's a lot of targets uh, for Tyreek Hill. The year before that, in Hill's rookie season, he had 83 targets at 593 yards and six touchdowns. So he, he definitely had a big explosion. Uh, and Tyreek Hill you know, has been a machine uh, with the three seasons he's played with Mahomes. But I, I just – I truly think – that second year, the first year where Hill had Alex Smith, was almost like a holy crap. The league was like, who the hell is this Tyreek Hill guy? And we can't stop him. And then he got Mahomes, and it was like, okay, now we know what Tyreek Hill is. But now we really can't stop him because he's got a generational talent in yeah. Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football. And, as G-Man says, Andy Reid, right? Andy Reid makes a lot of this work. So, with both Hill and um, and – Kelsey. So I, I still think if you like pick up Travis Kelsey and drop him in any NFL team, he works. If you pick up AJ Brown and Julio Jones, they work in any NFL system, any NFL team. I think Tyreek Hill is more of a uh, scheme specific guy fair. than than the other three guys. Like Th- I think Tyreek Hill would still be good regardless, but compared to those other three, Hill is more or the most scheme specific than the others. I agree with you there. So okay, all right, all right. You, that's a good pitch. That that's a good case for Tyreek Hill. You know, being at the bottom of those four guys. I'll say this though: in a seventeen-game season, if each of these guys plays seventeen, they're all going for over eleven hundred yards, possibly twelve hundred. All of them, all four. So you well, know, we'll see. That's the big if with, with you know Julio Jones. And somebody asked me earlier. Let's see if I can scroll up and find it. Still, um, it was a few minutes ago in the comments, and I don't know if I'm gonna be able to find it uh, in time. But they asked me. Uh, oh, here it is. Jalen says, "Austin, you think the Titans could do the four thousand yard passer, two thousand yard rusher, and two one thousand yes. yard receivers? Yes. Yeah, they can. I think. I think they have the the players to do it. Uh, Seventeen games absolutely helps. It's all about health for all four involved. Uh, because last year. Uh, Tannehill played all 17. 
Henry played all seven, or all 16. Henry played all 16. AJ and Corey each missed two games. Now, we forget about that when it comes to Corey Davis. He missed two games and came up 16 yards short. So uh, that, But that's never been done. 4,000, 2,000, 1,000, 1,000 has never been done in NFL history. The most difficult there is the 2,000 from Derrick Henry, especially after doing it last season. Because you still, in a 17-game season, you still have to average 117 yards per game. For 17 games, you've got to be available. Not only available, but you have to be over 100 yards a game. Uh, it's, a, it's a really tough number. And if you look at, you know, historically, the seasons that the, the, these 2,000-yard rushers have after going for 2K, um, it's a significant drop-off. So, but, but if there's one guy to really kind of buck that trend, uh, it's Derrick Henry. And in the 17th game, uh, definitely helps. Um, and so David says he, he puts uh, the Titans wide receiver duo at four just because it's a, it's a run first offense. Like, I think we have the ability to not have to, to remove that. Like when it just, I don't know about you, Jack, but like, I'm not worried about fantasy football numbers when I'm trying to see who is better at their job playing football compared to other guys. Like I think Julio and AJ or right there behind Evans and Goblin with wide receiver duos. And I think both Tampa and, and the Titans guys are behind Kelsey and Hill when it comes to overall pass-catching duos because yeah. of what Mahomes can do. And the gap there with the Chiefs is significantly wider than it is between the Bucks and the Titans uh, in, for that next spot. That's that's kind of 1A, 1B. The Chiefs are clear head and shoulders above everyone else with Kelsey and, and, and Hill. A lot of that has to do with Mahomes as well, but um, – it has to be them. And, you know, when you're talking about how close are the Titans, I don't know that they're all that close. Uh, you can still be number two in your conference. Okay. Number, the best wide receiving ta- wide receiver tandem in the conference, pass catching tandem in, in the conference, and still be, you know, a pretty wide margin away from eclipsing yeah, a, a couple what, steps behind the Chiefs. What right? Hill and, and Kelsey can do. Yeah. And Juan brings up Darren Waller. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, Waller's a great tight end. Who else? Jeff brings up what about Evans and Gronk? And Gronk's just you know uh, shell of himself. He's really good, you know, in a pinch, right? But consistently, Gronk just doesn't have anymore. Yeah, but Darren Waller, there's no Raiders wide receiver that you feel good about. Like same thing with George Kittle. There's no Niners wide receiver that you feel great about. Like Debo Samuel, I like a lot, but he missed the entire year last year, and so. You want to see who can – Brandon Ayuk, I mean, he's a good prospect, but he's not A.J. Brown. Uh, so, look, there's there's a lot of conversations we can have about this Titans offense and and where they stack up in the league because if you just talk about Julio and A.J., we think they're, they're number two. Now, if you include the running back, where do they go? If you include the quarterback, the two wideouts, and the running back compared to the top four skill players on other teams, there's, there's a show we'll do later on this summer about the four horsemen uh, that the Titans do have right there. But Jack, let's move on and ask this question. Who is the most important player on the on offense for the Titans this season? The MIP, not the MVP, but the MIP. Who is the most important uh, offensive player for the Titans this year? But first, let me tell everybody about our friends over at Bone & Joint Institute. Boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Make sure you know who to go to and where to trust whenever that injury happens in life, and that are the folks at Bone & Joint Institute. Uh, boneandjointtn.org. They do everything right there in that one facility. The clinics, the testing, 
the the uh, all the imaging, the surgery takes place, and the rehab facility all right there in Franklin at boneandjointtn.org. Bet MGM, the king of sports books. Use promo code A to Z Sports today to sign up. You'll get a risk-free six hundred dollar bet, and uh, you're going to find some player props. You, you know, if, if you're confident in the Titans' ability um, and Derrick Henry's ability, we just talked about it too, for two thousand again. He'll have a shot at the MVP. The MVP odds are up at BetMGM. Go find Derrick Henry's. Um, it's pretty long. You'll make a pretty good chunk of money if, if that hits. Um, so head to A to Z, or head to BetMGM. Use promo code A to Z Sports. Six hundred dollar risk free bet. And get started today. Start winning some money. Sit on your couch, watch TV, win money. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Yes, don't forget, visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years old or must be president in Tennessee. And for gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. The question now, Jack, who is the MIP, the most important player on offense for the Titans this season? Just reading through um, some comments Patrick says Tannehill Donald with Derrick Henry Wills says ha Derek like this is even a question <laughs> yeah. um Ferks are from Louie Ferks are from Dom always Derrick Henry from Aaron Max says Derrick Henry for sure Omar says Tannehill whoever plays right tackle uh from Lane hmm. Joe says Henry Jeff says Julio if he doesn't produce or stay healthy the offense won't go anywhere um Right tackle from Nate. Henry from Sawyer over on Twitch. Uh, Matthew says he's biased, so Henry or Lawan. I don't know what about that makes you biased. But Chad says King Henry, the offense goes through him. Tannehill from Carlos. Derek will do Derek. It says Omar. Danny says Tannehill, if he's as good as he was last year, should have no worries. Billy says Tannehill in the clutch. Um, so Jack. What do you go with? And we're talking about the offense here. Who is the most important player of the Titans offense? Uh, Jack, what do you go with? I w- See, I've been battling in my head back and forth between Ryan Tannehill and Julio Jones. Uh, Derrick Henry is vitally important and an elite part of this Titans offense. But for me, the most important player is going to be Julio Jones this season. Uh, look at what the Titans did in the playoffs last season against the Ravens. The offense didn't show up. The one game the defense showed up all season, the offense couldn't really do anything after the first quarter. Julio Jones changes that. You can, you, you know, with one wide receiver and, and you know, Derrick Henry as a running back, you can kind of key on two players. But how are you going to key on these three? It's Julio Jones, what he does to this offense is, you know, what he adds to this offense is different than anyone else in the NFL has. Um, and that that's because he's joining a roster with pieces like Derrick Henry, the best running back in the NFL, AJ Brown, the best young receiver in the, in the NFL. Um, so it's gotta be Julio for me. Uh, why are Titans fans so excited right now? Because because they think the prospect of Julio Jones joining the Titans vaults them into, you know, the conversation for a Super Bowl without Julio Jones. And let's look at this from a depth perspective. This is why I almost took Tannehill. Behind Tannehill, you have nobody. Yeah. Behind Tannehill, you haven't tried anybody. You have Logan Woodside, who we've seen throwing a fourth down to Nick Westbrook-Akine, of all people. Uh, and then Deshaun. Oh, a fake punt. Not the, 90, like his only completion in the NFL is not even a, a quarterback <laughs> snap. It was a fake punt up back snap. And then Deshaun Kaiser behind him. So that's why I, I, know, almost, I, I think Deshaun why Kaiser I'm, has a chance to win that job, but. That's okay, but what yeah. you know, if Tannehill goes down, this team doesn't make the playoffs, and that's with everything on offense. Yeah, if Derrick Henry goes down, which 
you know, you, you could you maybe need, make it work. You could maybe make it work. You could the drop off. And we don't know a lot. And Luke Warsham wrote a good piece on Darrington Evans this week. So go check that out. It is esportsnational.com. I read that this morning. But, you know, Darrington Evans is a lot of unknown, but I think we feel more comfortable with Darrington Evans playing running back than Logan Woodside or Deshaun Kaiser uh, playing quarterback. Because you remember Kevin Byer picked off Kaiser three times in the same game, like three or four years ago uh, that year. So, you know, Deshaun Kaiser bounced around the league. I'm sure he's better than he was when he got drafted out of Notre Dame by the Browns uh, four or five years ago. But, uh, you know, and Brian Brian Hill, whatever he can be from the Falcons as a running back too. You know, I, I don't think it can be either wide receiver because I think um, they have each other. You know, like if, if you have both of them, so if one goes down, then you still have the other. Without Julio and with just A.J. and Josh Reynolds and the others, like if, if A.J. goes down, now you're really screwed. So – before the Julio trade, this answer could have been A.J. Brown. But now I don't think it is A.J. Brown because of Julio. So I, I land with Ryan Tannehill. I think Ryan Tannehill is by far the most important player, which I don't know if you caught yesterday's show, Jack, but Zach and I got into a heated argument about uh, who's under the most pressure this season. And in my opinion, of the players, the most pressure is Ryan Tannehill because Ryan Tannehill will always be the scapegoat if the Titans fall short of whatever their true expectations are or whatever the national narrative of their expectations are, Derrick Henry and Julio Jones and AJ Brown have earned their national narrative of positivity. Ryan Tannehill nationally is still viewed as a not good quarterback. It's wrong, but that's how the NFL fans outside of Nashville view Ryan Tannehill. And so it's up to Ryan Tannehill, and he, and is, there's no there's no reason why it shouldn't work outside of injuries. Ryan Tannehill should thrive this year, and I believe he will because he's been thriving ever since he took over in Week Seven of 2019. So it's up to Ryan Tannehill. He is the MIP, the most important player for the Titans' offense this season. Completely and totally underrated by the national media. And I heard Chris Sims say this. I don't know if you caught it from his podcast. Well, Steph just mentioned this too. I have not heard this. Chris Sims um, pretty much ripped everyone in the NFL who's not giving Ryan Tannehill his, you know, his due. Or, you know what he's earned over the last couple of years. No one's really trusting that that's the Ryan Tannehill of new. They're sticking and they're holding back on this 2017 narrative when he played under Adam Gase in Miami under in a completely dysfunctional franchise at the time. Um, coming off an ACL, they're, they're moving forward with that narrative as if that's the same guy, if that's the same Ryan Tannehill that's been in Tennessee the last two seasons. It's completely not. You, you put weapons around him like A.J. Brown, like Julio this year, mm-hmm. like Derrick Henry, and we see what he can do. So Ryan Tannehill, yeah, for most important to me, I think it's, you know, what what is the team without them? If the team, if you, if you pull this player out and insert an average piece, how does this team move? And if you pull Julio Jones out and add an average piece, which is probably Josh Reynolds. I think Josh Reynolds is above average. For a wide receiver three, probably. But I think he's a, I think he's above average. Just I mean, yes, for a wide receiver three. He is maybe he's an average wide receiver two. Um, but I, I like Josh Reynolds a lot. Like Josh Reynolds is the guy I targeted in free agency as somebody I thought the Titans would add, and they ended up adding him. Good pickup. It's a it's a good pickup. I'm just saying. You know, you t- you take away Julio Jones and plug in Josh Reynolds. 
And Titans fans are all in a panic like they were just two weeks ago. They're in a panic. They don't know who the Titans are going to go after. You have to listen to people talk on radio and on podcasts about, about potentially signing Jamison Crowder because there's really no one else out there. Uh, so, so without Julio, this offense isn't the same. But of course, if you take out Ryan Tannehill, this team it doesn't go as far as it has. And it certainly doesn't have the potential that it has this season. So I'm fine with you going Tannehill. But for me, Julio Jones completely adds a completely different dynamic to this offense. And for me, it I, I believe that they are legitimate contenders to win the AFC and get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Danny just says, imagine Mariota with these weapons. Wouldn't work. <laughs> uh, Will says, if didn't have Ryan, I don't know if the Titans would have an offense. Just imagine if we stuck with Norm Mariota. I mean, yeah, like Julio, I'm sorry, AJ had success with Mariota and – uh, two of those four games. The two games the Titans won in Mariota's last six games as a starter, A.J. Brown went off and had big games. Um, you know, the Browns game and then the Falcons game in week four. Uh, so what, you know, Dom says, I'm sick of the Tannehill slander. I'd fight for the dude for real. Dude is the best deep it's passer ridiculous. in the entire it's, league. It's, it's completely ridiculous. give his props. It, it's, yeah. it's disgusting how uh, undervalued he is when – and maybe that's because the Titans are a small market NFL team. Well, he, because, and he's an easy target. He's an yeah. easy target because the Dolphins were a complete S show in Miami from top to bottom of the organization. And Tannehill got lumped in with all of it. And like he wasn't bad in Miami. He just wasn't good enough to be where he was drafted. And he, he has been able to put it all together. So now... You guys are bringing up a really good, a lot of good comments today, as always. G-Man says, the most important person will be the new offensive coordinator. And so, man, G-Man has literally transitioned us from one topic to our next topic twice today in this show. And like, I, like G-Man is not on the show email. G-Man was not on the phone call that Jack and I had this morning, but he's beautifully transitioned us stuff, from, from wide receiver duos to the Chiefs conversation and beautifully has transitioned us from most important player to the Todd Downing versus Shane Bowen conversation. So props to G-Man for being the show's MVP today. So <laughs> MIP. Am I? Yeah. Well, no, he's most valuable. He's not the most important. I am the most important today because I had to create the graphic and do other things on top of all. I had to do Zach's role and my role today. Hey, if um, I didn't show up, you'd be doing this solo. That's true. That's true. There's no uh, depth behind me right so, now. Look, you are you are uh, the uh, how can I say this? You're not you're not Julius Randall. You're not the most improved because that's <laughs> well, Ryan Tannehill won that. So I don't know. You're 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 big on you're you're important in this, but I'm the most right, available so, player. Yeah, most available. <laughs> no, you stepped up when you needed to. So that's great. I appreciate that. G Man uh, has has been having a good show. All right, which Titans coordinator is under more pressure? Shane Bowen or Todd Downing. But first, let me tell you guys about our friends at Calvin and Subtle. I don't have the hardwood floors in my house like Zach does. Zach's got all the demos, but I do know this. Calvin and Subtle, they are who you need to go after. If you're trying to upgrade your home, uh, whether it's your kitchen, your living room, your bedrooms, like carpet is, is in the past. Get that carpet out of there and get sleek, nice, brand new hardwood floors by people who do it the right way. That's Calvin and Subtle. They make this process 
easy on you because there's nothing worse than having your house being worked on and the project gets delayed. But Calvin and Subtle, they do it quick, they do it efficient, and they do it well. CalvinandSubtle.com or call them right there, 615-448-6414. You want to get started? Uh, you you want to get started on maybe putting some new floors down? Build your bankroll. Win some money on BetMGM. <laughs> The king of sportsbooks, promo code A to Z sports. You get a $600 risk-free bet. And when I mean, when I say risk-free, I mean risk-free. You put, you know, you put 300 in, you'll get 300 back. You can, you if can, if you lose extra, or you win the bet, right? And you, yeah, exactly. And you can put it on whatever you want. You could put it on the Nets tonight who, who are rolling over the buck so far in that series. Uh, you can put it on the Clippers who they're locked into a good series as well. Um, so there's a ton of stuff to gamble on, guys. Um, futures bets are the way to go too. Titans win total this season, nine, nine and a half. It'll vary where whatever sports book you'll find. Hit that over. There's no way this team doesn't win double digits games. Hit that over. Use your free bet on the Titans over and thank me later. Use promo code A to Z sports on BetMGM for a risk-free bet up to $600. All right. So here, Jack, I'm going to ask you later in the show, uh, some betting advice for tonight because I need help. Okay. I need help because I, last week I won nine straight. Really? Cur- yeah. Last yeah. week I-, I won nine straight bets and I'm currently on an eight bet losing streak. <laughs> like, like that's just how that works. I, I don't know. I'm as streaky it's a fluid operation, man. It's like, it's like riding a roller coaster. I'm as streaky as, uh, as I was a three point shooter in high school. Okay. So which Titans coordinator is under more pressure, Shane Bowen or Todd Downing? Uh, I'm going to read some of you guys. Uh, uh, comments here. CJ2K says Shane. Is this Chris Johnson watching the show today? Says Shane Bowen. Um, Marcus says Jack gets six man of the year. There you go. Jack's the six man of the year. That makes sense. Donald says Bowen. Um, Jeff Rubel says gotta be Bowen. That defense was horrible. Uh, Joe says with this crew on offense is Todd Downing. Andrew Reed says Bowen got to be under the most pressure. He's, uh, he's out of other people to blame. Well, that's not necessarily true because like, I blame Mike Vrabel for what happened last year. I don't blame Shane Bowen. Shane Bowen, I don't think, was put in a position to succeed. And and Jack, you and Luke, two weeks ago on the Titan Up pod, maybe three weeks ago at this point, on the Titan Up pod, you had on uh, Teron Davenport. And Teron was saying how Shane Bowen last year, because he was not the defensive coordinator, he was the inside linebackers coach, he was not going from position group to position group in practice, working with all the guys. He was working with the outside linebackers. And so now Shane Bowen actually is the defensive coordinator and can actually do the job of defensive coordinator in practice outside of just being a play caller on Sunday. So I disagree with Andrew there. I blame Vrabel for last year, not Shane Bowen. Fair. But if you're asking who's under the most pressure, it's Shane Bowen. Why? Well, they just brought in Jim Schwartz to really just oversee the job, uh, the entire defense this season, they, they, they kind of, you know, he, he's hands off or whatever. It's Shane Bowen's defense, but it, Jim Schwartz is the reason why Shane Bowen's under all of his pressure. Um, so, so that's an easy answer for me. Todd Downing can get away with being on autopilot and just getting out of the way, letting the offensive strengths uh, come to the surface and, you, you know, make sure AJ gets his balls, Julio gets his and Derrick Henry gets his. Shane Bowen doesn't have all that to work with. Shane Bowen's defense last season, the Titans defense ranked 27th in total defense. Um, and and the, the amount of points they gave up per game, I mean, was through the roof as well. 
It, they, they, even against impotent offenses like the Jaguars, the Titans would, would come up short. You know, They gave up 27 points a game last season, and that's with also leading the league in turnovers. That's not going to happen again. You're, the See, Titans are not going to lead the league in turnovers again. That's something that doesn't happen twice in a row. So See, Shane Bowen has to be under the most pressure. This is hard because I, I think if you ask the question, who is more likely to get fired after the year? They're not over. Fire. Downing. Downing will be able to skate by with the talent he has and look okay. That's that's what I that's what I was going to say. Like if you if we ask the question a different way, because we're asking it with who has more pressure. But if you ask it, who's more likely to get fired at the end of the season? Shane oh. Bowen's the answer for that, right? But I, I don't think that's going to happen to either guy. But I, I do feel like Todd Downing has the most opportunity to screw it up because offensive yeah. coordinators and yeah. Arthur Smith did this last year. Arthur Smith was phenomenal in his two years as Titans OC. Like he did things that nobody expected him. Like I remember hating on the hire of Arthur Smith, not understanding it whatsoever. James says going backward on offense would be detrimental. I agree. And I think Todd Downing, offensive coordinators like to show off how smart they are. That that's just part of the uh, DNA that you have in your fabric of being a play caller in the NFL. Is I want to get cute and show you how gadgety and how fun I can get and do things like you know pitch the ball to Johnu Smith from the backfield, or <laughs> or do a jet sweep or with Cam Batson. I don't know, or a damn toss play that doesn't work <laughs> to Derrick Henry we over can't. and over and over and over and over. We can't get you going on toss plays. Well, so. and I hope Todd Downing doesn't. Like Todd Downey needs to look at Arthur Smith's last two seasons and say, I need to look at things that work, things that didn't work. The first thing you can do is take is take the toss play and throw it the hell away. And I don't know what notes I just crumbled up, but that's how I feel about the toss play. Get it the heck out of here. And and so offensive quarters can do that. I think Todd Downing has more opportunity to screw this thing up by being too cute. And we truly see the drop off of is Arthur Smith really that dang good? And is Todd Downing what he was in Oakland? And so I think I think Todd Downing's under the most pressure because he's, he's got everything in front of him. He's got an easier job, but you can't screw this thing up, man. If you screw this thing up, you're in you look real bad. So let me try this analogy. It's like making a pizza, okay? Two different restaurants are making one pizza. We're talking defensive pizza and an offensive pizza. Now, the ingredients you have for that pizza on the offensive side of the ball, fresh, new, delicious, but the people that you're serving it to are expecting a certain quality uh, you know, of, of pizza here. They're expecting you know, this offense to do more than it did last season. Now, in, in the defense's kitchen, they've got week-old pepperoni. They left the cheese out last night. Um, the, marinara, the marinara sauce was, wasn't left in the fridge where it was supposed to be. Um, so, so, you know, they're... If you go up, there's a ton of room to go up. If, if you if you can somehow squeeze together an average tasting pizza, everyone will be happy because they know that you know. Hey, when we walk in here, we're getting you know dollar slice pizza. This isn't going to be great, but maybe you know maybe if they if they find the mag the secret sauce on defense uh, this season, and maybe the secret sauce is Jim Schwartz, then it could work. And and then more you know happy Titans fans. Okay, on offense, yeah, there's a lot of pressure there too. Because you know you're expecting a high, you know, a quality offense and a big season from that group. 
Um, and, and anything short of a top five offense isn't going to work. Uh, so Will Greenway on Facebook says the offensive pizza is a twenty dollar pie, and the defensive pizza is that five dollar hot and ready. It's the Little Caesars, yeah. But but you know sometimes that hot and ready hits the spot, man. Like sometimes the hot and ready is exactly what you were craving. But again, like if you pay twenty dollars for the pizza and you're pissed off and the pizza's not very good, then you're bummed out. If you pay five dollars for a hot and ready, eh, you know then okay. It's like I paid five bucks. It, yes, it, but it, but going into the going into the restaurant, you're not expecting a whole lot. Right. Right. So, so if you're blown out, you know, if if it's even, you know, average, if it's Domino's quality, you're like, so wow. nobody, nobody goes in. Like if you get a Papa John's pizza and look, I eat non chain pizza. Like I don't eat pizza a lot. I love pizza, but I don't eat it a lot. I do not go national fast, regular crap pizza. Right. Pizza, Papa John's, Domino's. Those were college to me. Not anymore. But nobody's walking into a Papa John's or a Pizza Hut and saying, "Who's the chef? What is this crap?" Like nobody's <laughs> saying that. But if you if you go to a restaurant and they have a specialty pizza on their menu, and you're like, "That sounds really good," and it's not any good, it's cold, and you're like, and you're disappointed. Now you're talking. Can the manager come over here? Because this pizza that I paid money for at the sit down restaurant is not any good. That's Todd Downing. Todd Downing's got all the stuff to make the really ah, great pizza and Shane Bowen's working in uh, Domino's. Just uh, Shane Bowen can't burn the pizza. That's almost all he has to do this season is just don't burn the pizza. You know, just get it out, make sure it's edible. And, and you know, fans will hopefully be happy if it's a top 20 defense. So maybe there is less pressure on, on uh, Bowen, but at the same time, you're right. I mean, they've got they've got Jim Schwartz waiting in the wings um, to kind of oversee things and maybe be the puppet master at times for that defense, and that's why I believe Downing is under or Bowen's under the most pressure, just because the Titans seem to have already hired a backup plan. I, I get that. I, I I definitely get the uh, I definitely get that the Jim Schwartz aspect of this, uh, and I don't have a Jim Schwartz pizza analogy to make, uh, so that's unfortunate to keep that rolling. But I do think I do like the pizza analogy. Moving forward, I go Downing, you go Bowen. I think they are both under a lot of pressure as first-time offensive play caller for the Titans and Shane Bowen actually having the title on his desk and on his office door of defensive coordinator. So I, I do think both guys have a lot of pressure. All right, Jack, are you ready for the Magic Bucket? It's a trick question. Can never you ever ready. be ready for the yeah, Magic Bucket? Yeah. You, you never can. You never can. All right, but we've got the Magic Bucket coming up, and because Zach is out, I've got to go double sticker this week. I, I went sticker last week, and i got to go sticker again. So I'm going to make Zach go back-to-back -back stickers the next two weeks because uh, he's missing today. But Magic Bucket coming up next. But first, let me tell you about Mandu, the Pulse of Fitness. Got a workout coming up on Sunday. Honestly, guys, I love Mandu. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. It's a 15-minute workout of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. It, that 15 minutes equals five-plus hours in the weight room. That is real full-body electronic muscle stimulation. Easy on your joints. You know, I can't go into the, the weight room and lift shoulders like I used to because I have a bad shoulder. I have a bad knee, but that's okay. Mandu can help me build the muscles around those injuries and make me healthier and more fit overall. Mandu is for everybody, young, older, injured, out of shape, in shape, whatever. Mandu.com, your first workout's free. Injuries. That's a great way. That's a great angle, to, to uh, a great approach to take when you bet, bet on sports, uh, on BetMGM, the king yep. of sportsbooks. 
Uh, maybe maybe there's a guy that's injured in the NBA tonight who could really impact their team. I know DeAndre Hunter for the Hawks. He's out for the rest of the series. It's a big blow for the Hawks. Yep. Maybe you can get the, the 76ers at a decent series price. I believe it's minus 230, minus 250, somewhere in between there. It's an interesting – look, you got to drink a little juice to make a little money sometimes. Do that on BetMGM. You've got a risk-free $600 bet to use as long as you sign up with code A to Z Sports, A-T-O-Z Sports. So get on that today after the show. We're all going to download this app together. We're going to download BetMGM and use promo code A to Z Sports. We'll get a risk-free bet up to $600. And we're going to start making money tonight. I like it. I like it. So, Jack, it's my sticker week. And I had a sticker week last week. And I, I just have random stickers. And I wasn't sure what I wanted to go with. And we, Zach and I got into a very heated argument right before the Magic Bucket. Uh, and I appropriately had on hand the boy that escalated quickly uh, <laughs> sticker. So that was perfect. And I don't know how I've done it again. I have the perfect sticker for this week. Is it a pizza sticker? Pizza Planet, let's go. Perfect. I have the Pizza Planet sticker from Toy Story, and I don't know how I've done it. Back-to-back, randomly perfect stickers. <laughs> this is the best back-to-back sticker performance ever seen with the Magic Bucket. You cannot beat this. Don't this burn the pizza, Magic unbelievable. Bucket. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I, I forgot I had this until I opened up my, my envelope with my stickers in it. But man, perfect. So that that's great. Pizza Planet is going on the bucket. I'm going to pull uh, for me first, and then I will pull for Jack. So, uh, by the way, Jack, Zach has put in a lot of new ones. So uh, I don't. Um, I'm not as nervous as I probably should be. Ooh, this one's not that bad. It's pretty good. Um, I have to give my best NFL coach impression. Oh. I, I know which one I would do. Okay. Well, this isn't for you. This is for me. So I now I need to think at, I need to think about who do I want to impersonate? Gruden's too easy. Yeah. I'm not going to do Gruden. No. That's who, that's who Zach would do because he has a infatuation with, uh, with John Gruden on that rock. Um, all right. I'm going to do, I'm going to do an oldie, but a goodie. And I think I can do it pretty well. It's Herm Edwards. <clears throat> Oh, good. Okay. All right. You ready? <clears throat> you play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Hello? Who are we talking to here? You play <laughs> to win the game. That's it? That's, that, that's my Herm Edwards. That's it. Look, that's it's good. It's quick and clean. You got off easy this week. I'm happy yes. for you. Yeah, I, I don't mind that one. Uh, but I, I do think that was, uh, you know, I haven't done Herm Edwards in a while, so I didn't quite have the voice down. See, I would have I would have gone Jeff Fisher. Yeah, that's fine. Well, that will we'll see if you get that uh, down the road. This one is for tomorrow's show, which you're not going to be on, so <laughs> so you can't do that. Alrighty, let's see what this is. Ah, oh, I don't think Jack, you've ever had this one. This was uh, it, this one's it's an evergreen magic bucket. You have to name blank amount of blank in 15 seconds. So you have to name as many. Let's see. I have to come up with this. You with your category. Ooh, I like this. Isn't bad. I you know I had to do this the, one's. This one's honestly one of the most. It's there's a reason why it stays. It's the most fun thing I think we have that we do this. Um. Uh, let's see. How what can I come up with? I'm looking around my office. Hmm. 
Jack, you have to name. I'm going to say it twice. After the second time I say it, I'm going to hit start on my timer. Okay, so, okay, okay. I'm going to say this sentence twice. After the second time, I hit start. Good. I'm going to name all of whatever you have in mind. Name as many board games as you can in 15 seconds. Name as many board games as you can in 15 seconds. Go. Monopoly, Scrabble, Parcheesi. Um, uh, Monopoly, Scrabble, Parcheesi. What else is there? Um, uh, Candy, Candyland, uh, Operator, um, uh, Shoots and Ladders, Checkers, Chess. Um, uh, what else is there? Oh uh, man, is you got eight. Or... <laughs> you got eight, but you said your first three. I know, because I, 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 I had to, <laughs> I had to kind of get myself in a, in a rhythm. Oh, mousetrap. That's a good one from Jeff Rubel. Um, life, the game of life. The game of life. I mean, I've got Clue, uh, uh, King's Corner, uh, that I've just got in my eyesight. Uh, Telestrations, that's really fun. Uh, Jenga, the a uh, couple meme games. So that that's do, what made me. Do, do chess and checkers count? I feel yeah, like it's that's a board, board game. Okay. Sorry, trouble. Sorry, trouble. Man, I had a I had one. Domino, Domino's doesn't count. Twisters is not a board game. Twisters a. What's uh, the one box. where you where you hit it in the middle? You you there's a big bubble almost where you hit it in the middle and it trouble. That's trouble. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. the one I was saying. I couldn't come up with a name for it. Backgammon, Clue. Yeah, I have Clue. So, all right. It's all easy in the comments, guys. But once you're on the clock for 15 seconds. Yeah, it's tough. All right. So people uh, were not um, excited. Like Bobby says, I was just saying the Herm quote. Where's the voice? Yeah, Bobby, I agree. It's kind do, of, do I need to do another one? It's kind of a half-ass Herm. Do I need to do another one? Never half-ass Herm. Um, okay. Yeah, let's. Okay. Yeah, do one more. Do one. I feel like we both got off too easy today. Yeah, I'll do one more. It's. I, it's the hard thing is I haven't seen these in so long. And, I, and so I'm doing it out of like memory without being able to mimic it. Um, all right. I'll do Jim Mora. See. Okay. <laughs> Playoffs. Playoffs. We're just trying to win a game. We couldn't do diddly poo offensively. We sucked. Playoffs. Is that better? That's better. That's better. It was, that's, that's the more comical rant yeah, between the yeah. two. Yeah, for sure. Good work. All right, that works. We'll we'll end the show on that, guys. Uh, I've got a busy morning. Titans are on the practice field two hours early today because of the rain. So I'll be out there. That practice starts at eleven o'clock. Uh, we're expecting to have Julio Jones, uh, Tulio, Jack. Real quick, what are your thoughts on Tulio? Hate it. Hate it. Damn it. Zero out of ten. What? Terrible uh, nickname. Ah, uh, I think it's good. Okay, so before we go. I need gambling help. Give me, if you have it ready, I'm putting you on the spot. I kind of teased it earlier. Do you have a pick for today? So I, you know, I, I've been, I, I've had success in the NBA recently. So that's where we're going to stick. So Bucks, Bucks are at home against Brooklyn tonight. Utah's at home against the Clippers. Let's go the Clippers. Net, the, the Nets are underdogs. Yes, the Nets are underdogs, which is sketchy. Um, but it's, it's two Oh, you know, Milwaukee, we'll see what they've got, but yeah, you know, I, I kind of like both underdogs tonight, Brooklyn and the Clippers. Um, you could even parlay the two. Maybe, maybe it's a money one, money. Jack. I, I've lost eight straight in a row. Like I won nine straight last week. I, I went pretty even over the weekend, but this week has been brutal losing eight straight. I need a win. 
Clippers plus three in Utah. Clippers plus three in Utah. Yeah, the reason I why like, I kind of like Brooklyn dropped... plus three and a half in yeah, Milwaukee. Yeah, it's hard not to like them. I mean, the Bucks have no answer without James Harden. You know, you wonder if the Bucks can come up with a game plan with, with this amount of time, which is the only reason I'm a little standoffish there. But yeah, I, I like the Clippers. I think you know, game one, it stunk for the Clippers. It was a bad spot. They just went. They just you know came out of a really tough seven game series with Dallas. I think they finally had time to regroup, get their minds right. And hopefully figure out what Utah does best, and that is Donovan Mitchell. Right, so it shouldn't well, be that hard. Kidding, uh, but um, yeah, I, I like the Clippers tonight. That's that's my best one plus three. Uh, is Conley still going to be out? I don't know about Conley's availability. Uh, you know, I'd be surprised if he missed again. Let, hold on. See, Mike Conley's questionable, so that'll probably be a game time decision. Yeah, I'll wait on that. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, if he plays, you, you can probably get the Clippers at a better price. So you, you could wait on that too. Yeah. Yeah. I might wait. I, I do think uh, we'll see what happens. I'll look at some player props. I, I missed last night. I missed the uh, the over uh, for the Suns game by like three points, which sucks. Yeah. Brutal. That was a high. That was a high total. And the Suns what? get down on defense. And there was a. I think it was a sixty-eight point fourth quarter to get it close. I know, I know. I, I was. It was almost so low that I just looked at my phone at like halftime. I was like, "Damn it, whatever," and just like <laughs> went to bed, just pissed off. All right, guys, we will see you tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to be out at Titans practice, so make sure you follow us on all over the social media, and uh, we will have great content if Julio's out there or not. So we'll see you guys later on. Have a great Thursday. Thanks, Jack.